Happy Monday, gang, if there is such a thing as a happy Monday. This is Locked On Mariners, and this is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can access all of our wonderful programming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or virtually any podcasting app that there is. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners Podcast or Locked On Anything, and it'll do it. On Twitter, you can follow the show at LO underscore Mariners. And on Twitter, you may follow me at DC underscore Lundberg. L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G for those scoring at home. Big week here planned on Locked On Mariners. Today, tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday, we are going to go over each position group as it looks going into spring training. And, you know, Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say about the outfield. See what I did there? Hey, I hope Tony Lewis is listening to this. Anyways, yes, we're talking the outfield today here on Locked On Mariners. Of course, the Mariners outfield, not the 80s power pop group. We'll take a look at how things look going into spring training and then also what the regular season may look like. We'll begin in right field, which is Mitch Hanniger's at this point. His injury really doesn't do that much to the depth chart come opening day, and I think it's a pretty safe bet that he'll be the everyday right fielder once he's able to. Like I said last Tuesday, I think Hanniger, or Maniger as I like to say, can come back and have a good bounce back season. Last year was just a throwaway due to his injuries. I hope his mobility in the outfield isn't affected too much by the sport's hernia surgery because he plays a pretty good right field. He's got plus range out there and, of course, that good arm. He works his tail off. You have to root for the guy to succeed. And again, as I talked about last Tuesday, I'm not really certain what to expect. If he puts up a 270, 275-ish batting average, 20-ish home runs, maybe 30 doubles or so, that'll be good enough for me. And I do hope he stays off the injured list. If he does and puts up the numbers I just mentioned, Hopefully, that will propel him to have a better season in 2021 than he'll have this season. Center field will be Malik Smith's domain, certainly during spring training at least. It may be a different story come the regular season, especially if he gets off to a similar start like he did last season. Prior to being sent down at the end of April, he was hitting a mere 165. After he was recalled, he hit 242 the rest of the way, which is certainly better than 165, but that's like saying that dropping a bowling ball on your foot is more desirable than having boiling water poured over your head. And he has never walked enough to warrant being a leadoff hitter. He did show more pop in his bat last season, but let's face it, who didn't? Baseball reference has him projected for a 260 batting average and a 331 on base. Those are not numbers befitting a leadoff hitter. He's more of a nine-hole hitter to me. On the other hand, he did hit 296 in Tampa Bay in 2018, so he should have the bat-to-ball skills, but he doesn't get on base enough to utilize his speed, and he's always struck out too much. And I honestly don't see him as a center fielder in the future. He takes some rather circuitous routes to fly balls, and again, he was better after he came back from his stint in Tacoma, he hasn't got the best glove, and his arm is a little short, but at least he's not D. Gordon out there. They played him in both corners last year also, but he doesn't have a right fielder's arm. To me, he is definitely a left fielder, and he could probably be adequate out there, but the offensive game has got to improve, as I mentioned. And to be honest, with a young crop of outfielders that the Mariners have, I wouldn't be surprised to see him traded after next season. He is arbitration eligible for the next two years also. 
Even if he does improve at the plate, the defense and center is just not there. He's a likable guy. He brings a lot of energy to the team. But the Malik Smith project may have been a bust. I hope I'm wrong. Going over to left field, that is seemingly Kyle Lewis's at this point, at least as the everyday left fielder once the season starts. He really made a splash in his cup of coffee at the end of last season. He had not shown that kind of home run power in the minors before, so I think that was kind of a bit of an anomaly. But he'll certainly get his doubles, and he'll rake when all is said and done. He came up through the system as a center fielder, but looking at his defensive numbers, his range looks just a little short out there, but I like him as a corner. He won't turn 25 until July, so he probably hasn't peaked yet. I'm excited to see what he does this year. Baseball Reference also has him hitting 260 in 215 at-bats. I think he's going to get more playing time than that, especially if he hits like he did last September, and especially if Malik Smith turns in another disappointing year. It also looks like Lewis has switched uniform numbers. He wore number 30 last year and is currently listed on the Mariners roster as number 1 which I know is neither here nor there, but I had to kill a few seconds. We will discuss the rest of the outfielders in the second half of the show, but first, yes, time for Mariners trivia. When the Mariners' current stadium opened in 1999, it was called Safeco Field, as everybody knows. Most of you remember that Jamie Moyer started that game against the San Diego Padres and threw the first pitch. Who was the batter? We'll tell you when we come back. But first of all, I'd like to remind you that if you've got a question, any question whatsoever, or a comment on the show, please email said question or comment to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and I may use it in the Friday mailbag segment. I don't know if we'll have one this Friday. Uh, Depends on how many emails I get throughout the week. I've gotten a few. Yes, I got a question about pancakes. Keep the questions about pancakes coming. I don't care. I'll answer them. Just keep it appropriate. No, No raunchy questions or anything like that. If you send me an inappropriate question, I'll send Alex Bregman and George Springer over to your neighborhood corner to steal all the signs. Hmm. Locked on Mariners will return in about 43 billion nanoseconds. Thank you for sticking around. This is DC Lundberg back with you on Locked On Mariners. The answer to the trivia question. First game in Safeco Field history against the Padres. Jamie Moyer started for the Mariners. Who was the batter? It was Padres second baseman Kilvio Veris, who grounded out to Moyer in said at bat. One more note before we get back to the Mariners outfield 2020 vision, as it were. (laughs) Ha ha, that's hacky. A roster note. Reggie McLean, who had been designated for assignment by the Mariners to make room on the 40-man roster for Nick Margevichis, has been claimed off waivers by the Phillies. McLean is 27 years old, pitched in 14 games with the M's last season, had a 6.0 ERA in 21 innings. However, it was pointed out on Twitter, I wish I could remember who said this, but McLean gave up 11 of those runs in three innings pitched in Houston. In every other stadium, three earned runs, 11 innings. If you take away all of the outings at Minute Maid Park, his ERA goes all the way down to a respectable 270. 
So that was the buzz on Twitter, or at least the buzz in Houston. Did I just say that? Yeah, I did. In any case, time to talk about the rest of the M's outfielders. Aside from the three presumed starters, Manager, Smith, and Lewis, the rest of the outfield picture is not nearly as clear. I think it's going to come down to who has the best spring. There are two other outfielders currently on the 40-man roster, Jake Fraley and Braden Bishop. Dylan Moore, if you want to count him, too. And there are three outfielders who will be in camp also as non-roster invitees. We'll start with Jake Fraley, or as he will be referred to from here on out, Ace Fraley. He was part of the package that the M's got from Tampa Bay along with Malik Smith for Mike Zanino. After playing an advanced A-ball in 2018 in the Rays system, he began last season at AA Arkansas and was promoted to AAA Tacoma in mid-June after hitting 313 with 11 homers and 15 doubles and 530 at-bats for the Travelers. He did pretty well in Tacoma, also hitting 276. He got a brief look at the Major League level last season where he really didn't do that much. He could contend for the fourth outfield spot, but I think it would benefit him to open the season in AAA. He looks like he's going to be a pretty good power speed guy. He's stolen a few bases in the minors also. Looks like he's got some outfield range. Again, not the best glove. That kind of seems to be a theme here. But he'll certainly see some playing time, I'm pretty sure, in 2020 at some point, given injuries and roster shuffling and the like. Braden Bishop made the Mariners opening day roster out of spring training last season, but was sent back down to Tacoma after the M's opening series in Japan. He missed two and a half months with a ruptured spleen, which could have not only cut his career short, but it was almost life-threatening. He came back from it. He rehabbed and advanced a Modesto for a short time before rejoining the Rainiers, which is rather difficult to say. I dare you to say it five times fast. Bet you can't. Anyways, he was called back up to the big leagues when the rosters were expanded in September. Bishop might be the Mariners' best defensive outfielder. He is certainly the best defensive center fielder, and he can play all three positions. His hitting at the top level is not there yet, though he has a 291 career minor league average, so the bat-to-ball skills should come around. He's not going to hit for much power, and he doesn't walk all that much. Offensively, it looks like he could profile out to be a sort of rich Amaral-ish type player, but with fewer walks and maybe not as good a contact. Maybe a fourth outfielder who gets two, three starts a week in the three outfield spots. I think he's got a better shot at making the opening day roster as the fourth outfielder than Fraley does, if for no other reason than his defense is superior to Fraley's, or Kyle Lewis's, or Malik Smith's. Dylan Moore also saw some playing time in the outfield, though he's really an infielder. Defensively, he's a lot more like Rich Amaral or Willie Bloomquist. He can play everywhere. In fact, he played every position last year except catcher. He even pitched once. 31 games in left field, 31 at short, 18 at second base, 14 at third, 11 in right, 5 at first base, and 4 in center field. I think the M's would like to keep him more in the infield this season than they did last, but he can certainly play out there in a pinch, and you really don't lose all that much. With Manager's injury, it was rumored that Jerry DePoto might want to bring in an outfielder with some Major League experience. Honestly, I'm not really sure who's available, but it sure as hell won't be Mookie Betts. Domingo Santana is still a free agent, but he really didn't hit very well down the stretch. His batting average went from 271 at the beginning of July to 253 at season's end. And I cannot recall a worse defensive outfielder the Mariners have had since Glenn Allen Hill. And somehow, he's statistically worse than Hill by a lot. 
The Mariners are going to keep D. Gordon out of the outfield, it appears, which is a good thing. He's not the first middle infielder to try to transition to center field and fail, and he will not be the last either. He's much better suited for second base or shortstop, but we'll talk about the infield tomorrow. The Mariners invited prospects Jared Kalenic, Luis Liberato, and Julio Rodriguez to spring training, but I'd be very surprised if any of them made the big league roster. For one thing, they'd have to clear a roster spot off the 40 men to do so. Kalenic is, however, developing ahead of schedule, and it looks like this kid is going to hit. He started off last season at the single-A level at West Virginia and hit 309, moved up to advanced A-ball in Modesto and hit 290, then made the jump to double-A Arkansas where he hit 253. It'll be good to see him in training camp, but don't get too excited. He's not ready for the show just quite yet. It would not surprise me to see him get a cup of coffee in September, though, but he needs another year of minor league seasoning before he can contribute at the big league level. Certainly one to keep an eye on, though. He's going to be exciting. Julio Rodriguez played at the single-A and advanced-A levels last season, amassing a three twenty-six average. However, he just turned 19 in December, so he's an even longer shot to make the big club. I could see him starting at either advanced-A or double-A this season. He's also an exciting player to follow. This dude is going to hit, and it looks like he'll turn in solid defense also. I really can't wager a guess as to when he'll be ready for the big show, but if I had to, I would guess maybe September call-up in 2021, or maybe even mid-season if the Mariners are out of it again. I, I really have no idea. The final non-roster invitee is Luis Liberato. I have to be honest, I do not know much about him, but looking at his minor league numbers, he appears to be something of a defensive specialist. His minor league batting average is two forty eight, but his defensive numbers look pretty good. Well, gang, that's the outfield. I wish we could have had some outfield songs playing in the background, but we can't afford to do that. In any case, tomorrow we will talk about the infield. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been listening to this show or the other programs we have here on the Locked On Network, I am positive you have heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you might not know that Locked On Mariners is a great way for your local business to reach passionate M's fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listeners, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Mariners fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with a disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses, so text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We will get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We do look forward to hearing from you. And also, please remember to download, rate, and subscribe to Locked On Mariners on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or your podcasting app of choice. Also, you can ask your smart device to play the show. All you got to do is say, hey, smart device, play Locked On Mariners podcast. It'll do it for you. And remember, gang, we're also on the Twitter sphere at LO underscore Mariners for this particular show and at DC underscore Lundberg for yours truly. I also want to thank everybody who's been listening to this program. I do appreciate y'all tuning in. 
I hope you've been enjoying this relaunched version of Locked on Mariners, and I hope you'll continue to listen. Have a great day.